Welcome to the brand called You. Today, the brand is Mr. Paritosh Tyagi, and it is a unique and a rare honor for me because Paritosh Chacha Ji is my father's younger brother, and he's been a role model and inspiration for me for my whole life. So I'm looking forward to this conversation to bring his unique brand and his life journey to you. He was educated in University of Roorkee, which is now called IIT Roorkee. Then he got his Master's of Engineering from All India Institute of Hygiene and Public Health. After working in many positions in UP government, the Planning Commission of India, the Water Department of Republic of Kenya, and the Asian Development Bank in Philippines, he came back to India and worked as the Chairman of Central Pollution Control Board from where he retired. Though he has not really retired, he's been very active in various consulting and advisory roles, and we'll talk about all of that today. Welcome to the show, Mr. Tyagi. Thank you. My first question is you've worked in many countries in and overseen projects in many more. Why do you think that we still have such disparity in people receiving such basic things like water and sanitation? Is it resources, capability, skills? What is your observation? I didn't adequately thank you for praising me so much. Let me do that. Uh, now coming back to it, why such basic things as water and sanitation are not so good as they ought to be? The reason is that people demand water. They don't demand sewage treatment. And the government provides them more water and still more water, particularly near the elections. And more water means more wastewater and more wastewater means more insanitation because there is no provision to pick up that wastewater, treat and safely dispose it. The shortfall has increased right from the very first five-year plan in India to date. It has never been bridged. So this is the major thing. The, the shortfall between uh, capacity water, to provide water? The, 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 the shortfall between the quantity of wastewater generated and quantity of wastewater treated and disposed. Mm -hmm. The, the other thing which results in so much insanitation is excessive abstraction of water from rivers and other water resources, and mainly for agriculture. And unfortunately, the water efficiency in our agriculture sector is very low. So the rivers get depleted of flow. And the wastewater treated or partially treated or untreated flows into these rivers and water bodies and makes them polluted, contaminated. The result is that most of these stretches in the rivers today in India are not fit for bathing. I'm not talking of drinking. And did you see any difference in how different countries or even different states within our country have addressed these issues of basic provision of 
sanitation. Seems like you think sanitation is a bigger issue uh, than just water provision. So do you see difference in approaches in different places around the world or the country? Uh, so a big question. Uh, in India itself, there are so many states and they all have varying performances. But uh, my general remark is that most states concentrated on urban areas. And they uh, looked at rural areas at a very late stage. And uh, the proficiency of carrying out works in urban areas is more in states like uh, Maharashtra and Tamil Nadu and uh, relatively on the other side in Bihar and UP and uh, Madhya Pradesh. UP is slightly better. Mm. So the focus on broad is higher, you think, in some of these states that you mentioned in central and southern India. And globally, would uh, you see differences in Africa? You know, one thing that I'm always curious about is, is it resources or should not take a lot of money or for that matter, engineering talent to provide these things? Um, These are some of the basic problems of humanity, but the diversity is quite high. Uh, Did you see that gap being closed effectively in some place where we could uh, derive hope from? Uh, I've gone to several places, but the place which impressed me most was Singapore. The unaccounted for water was less than 10% there even three decades ago. And now I'm told it is less than 5%. Now compare it with something which is guessed, not measured in Delhi between 40 to 50%. That shows how good maintenance can make a difference. Now, why is maintenance so good, not so good? There are different agencies to design and construct and a different agency to operate and maintain. The one that designs and constructs receives money from plan funds, which are not so short, but the one who maintains receives money from non-plan funds, which are always very short. And increasing them with increase in cost does not happen. The other important thing is that income from a waterworks or any other facility is through tariff. And if you have to have good uh, control over votes, you cannot afford to increase tariff for water. So that is why Maintenance is not the provision, it is the maintenance which gradually turns the whole service into a a source of problems rather than a a means of solving problems. That's interesting. Singapore is credited for uh, doing many things efficiently, but it's good to hear a metric like uh, unaccounted water is a good indicator on how well you are managing a resource. Well, changing gears to your role in Central Pollution Control Board, you were the chairman in 80s. A long period has passed since then. I would like you to reflect on what was the thinking at that time? What were the government's priorities? 
and with the benefit of about 40 years that have elapsed or 30 to 40 years that have elapsed, how have you seen the world change or the environment change and the focus change in this period? When this board was constituted in 1974, its name was the Central Board for Prevention and Control of Water Pollution. Because this board and the state boards were created under an act which provided for prevention and control of water pollution. Later on, in 1981, a parallel legislation came into being on air pollution control. And thereafter, the designation of the, the name of the board changed to Central Pollution Control. How the priorities change from the beginning is related somewhat to how the correct data started getting available. So in the beginning, the major effort was to monitor, collect data, try to evolve standards, create state pollution control boards, train their staff, and these initial things which are necessary when you set up a new organization. But later on, as you said, priorities do change. Although Air Act came into being in 1981 and Water Act in 1974, now much more attention is paid to air quality than to water quality. Uh, the, your visit to Delhi would remind you of the water quality of Yamuna. That's true. We do hear a lot about air quality, particularly around this time of the year, around Diwali, when uh, crop burning and uh, change in weather and, and sometimes even the firecracker-related pollution becomes the headline all over the newspaper. Uh, in your view and assessment, do you think that is the biggest challenge uh, that we are faced with right now? Or would you wish for slightly more nuanced approach in some other areas and some other challenges that we may be faced with in the next 10 to 20 years? Yeah. <clears throat> I think there is a basic shortcoming. And that shortcoming is that you need environmental managers for environmental management. Now, you have public health engineers, you have scientists who have specialized in chemistry or biology, and you have lawyers, you have administrators, of course, and some foresters. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a poorly formed team in every place that we have, but we do not have yet a trained environmental manager. You know that uh, business management is in the hands of masters in business administration. A parallel attempt to create a set of trained people who understand the science, engineering, law, sociology, and economics behind environmental management is yet to be uh, available. So I think that is the biggest thing. And 
earlier we attended or we are already late by several decades earlier we attended the better the <coughs> other so holistic approach is is missing though we have fragmented specialist approach but no coordination uh, overall at environment yeah this group of people will suddenly meet uh, without having very little understanding of each other uh, or otherwise is person is believed to understand everything once he sits on that chair uh, which you uh, will be not be surprised that uh, many people think that the chair does the whole thing rather than the person anyway forget about such uh, <laughs> remarks yeah you no know, i think some countries particularly i've heard uh, something like south korea uh, seoul is credited with uh, with doing uh, heavily integrated town planning and development and till you said it nobody i never thought that you need something like an mea masters of environmental administration or management but that's an interesting concept anyway i believed then and i believe now that this is very essential and short courses or symposia or seminars are not sufficient to meet the <coughs> demand uh, other thing i wanted to point out is that uh, uh, much of this uh, environmental degradation has been caused let us say by engineering works and uh, therefore the engineers owe a moral responsibility to set right the wrong that they have done to environment now why they are not able to do so because much of the damage is in the field of ecology and because engineers are not taught uh, taught biology after their high school they have very little understanding of biodiversity ecology and things uh, that that are occurring in right in their presence but they do not have a proper grasp of it uh this is second the third thing that comes to my mind is that i want to compare forest and environment forest is a ecosystem and so is a river whereas there are well organized department and training institutes and research institutes for forest there is no such thing for environment as i mentioned it is only ad hoc teams and very necessary that uh, a law for protection of river which is a system is in is introduced you you will probably ask me why the law for control of pollution of water cannot do the same thing it won't because the pollution control board cannot direct how much flow should be there in the river it can only say what should be the quality of the effluent that comes out from an outlet therefore the river can continue to be degraded in spite of the best efforts of the pollution control i think you said something uh, earlier that when it was originally created it was prevention and control of pollution uh, seems like along the way we have dropped the prevention part where a holistic thinking would be encouraged now I want to change this into a little bit of a personal question. I see you talk quite a bit about holistic approach, uh, but we are taught as as youngsters that we need to specialize, we need to go deep, we need to do 
maybe masters or phd's is this a change that has come over time in your personal journey that you have appreciated or started to appreciate the importance of holistic thinking or has this view changed over time yeah i i personally feel that rather than specialization and in understanding of interconnected uh, domains is much more important. i actually learned it in practice in the asian development bank where there would always be a team of a subject specialist a country specialist a financial analyst and a legal expert all of them will put together before they will create the documents called loan agreement and other agreements so teamwork and an understanding of the entire process is very important well let's change gears into some of your personal uh, life journey uh, you are almost 90 and uh, you are head of full head of hair compared to much younger people like me makes you look impressively younger uh, share with us some of your rules of healthy living Uh, rules for good health are no secrets but most persons become serious to follow them to regain health whereas they should have done so to maintain their health i It's think it's an ongoing journey throughout uh, yeah, you, you you can reel out, uh, reel out as many rules for good health as i can probably more you've always been able to take time out uh, for something like this did you consciously bring it in i'm sure at the peak of your career when the travel is incessant and the calls for giving your time elsewhere uh, whether it is more pressing matters like parliament hearings or mentoring or recruiting or giving lectures uh, can call on your time did you always make time for maintaining health your long question reminds me of an incident and that will probably answer your question uh, i am recalling an incident when in a farewell dinner to a class of students whom i also taught as a visitor a professor asked me in a loud voice about my youthful looks he said is it regular exercise or yoga or healthy diet or a caring wife or god's grace or something else that has kept you looking so young my i was difficult question i skip it as a choice and would take the next question <laughs> there was a big laughter by the students who were surrounding us and uh, i felt relieved and happy but the professor was true to himself he returned with a, after a few seconds with a memorable remark and he said you have demonstrated what i missed in my question humor you has kept you young i see 
Very interesting. That's not a rule that we normally associate, but uh, that's a good takeaway. I have also observed that some form of spirituality, whether it is regular Sundarkand part or pranayam, have been part of your routine for a long time. Does belief in science and Sundarkand ever lead to any areas of conflict in your mind? Or have you ever, have you never been faced with uh, that dichotomy? Before coming to this question, uh, I have actually not answered your the earlier part of your question. My dark hair or whatever mm-hmm. them are still there. I uh, rub my head for one or two minutes at least after applying hair oil. And I use a brush, not a comb. And I never had dandruff. Uh, these may give you some clue. Now, coming well, to, too late for me, but good, good yeah, pointers for some other people. <laughs> <coughs> okay. Coming to your question between uh, conflict between spirituality and uh, science. The conflict between spirituality and science is a myth to my mind. Just as there is a myth of conflict between development and environment. Concept of sustainable development seems to have reconciled development with environment. Mm. But regarding spirituality and science, I think we have to go to the experience of great scientists, Sir Jagjit Chandra Bose and the great spiritual leader Swami Vivekananda, both have both of whom have very clearly brought out that as seekers after truth, there is no difference between a true scientist and a truly spiritual person. And uh, I, I go with this thought. So there has never been a conflict between spirituality. Uh, just as poets have the liberty of sort of changing the size, the description, or distorting the picture for humor, I think this has been done in Purans and this has been done in, by others just to clarify a point in a more interesting manner. Now coming back to my own little exposure to spirituality and uh, also environmental protection, I find a synthesis between them because both of them tell me about the connectivity and interdependence of all living beings. So, in a way, you see that environmental science is highly spiritual. That's true. That's true. The dichotomy between we can't protect climate and uh, and have a good economy, which we see play out, um, seems to be a a false line. Um, if you think of if you think of long term well being, how has your journey been shaped by luck over time? Do you think chance played a role in way your life has shaped up? Oh, certainly. Uh, I was by training a public health engineer. It was never in my imagination that I would head the Central Pollution Control Board. Nobody from the organizations I served did, and nobody from those organizations has. 
got that position. It is a single position in the country, but it fell vacant just at that time, which was most suitable opportunity for me. And this was chance. This was luck. Timing is everything. Okay. Well, we. Uh, I have some rapid-fire questions for you. This, there's no right or wrong answer. Whatever pops in your head, that's the right answer. What's your favorite dish to eat? Baked vegetables and cheese with mustard sauce. With mustard sauce. Okay. Yeah. Have you watched a movie more than five times? And if so, which one? No. But, well... I saw Shole thrice and Chupke Chupke four times. <laughs> Rain cross five. Close, but but not a real uh, not a real uh, fan of anything yet, huh? Special gift that you have received that you really enjoyed. Oh, the best quality cross pen that you gave me on my birthday. <laughs> okay, uh, something naughty that you did and got caught. Oh, yeah. I, I was about nine years old then. And one evening after playing hockey vigorously, I came home and noticed a very large heap of freshly beaten cotton, carded cotton. It was meant for being filled in quilts. And I thought it would be fun to hit this fluffy stuff uh, with my head. So I planned myself into it with all the strength I had and did enter deep into it. And it was a problem to come out. But when I came out, because I had sweat all over my body, so I had stuck to my body. And uh, it scared my younger sister so much that uh, she shrieked. Uh, and uh, after her shrieking, my mother, my grandmother were aghast. Because at that time, my grandfather was taking his dinner at a, at a short distance from where I created this spectacle. So everybody remained quiet until he left. And then, of course, I got what I deserved. <laughs> okay, I'll leave it at that. Last question. Throughout uh, your life and career, you have been an inspiration, a mentor, a role model for many, many people, both professionally and personally. In your words, what do you stand for? What is your personal brand? I do not know, but after the, uh, this uh, event, you let me know. But uh, maybe... <clears throat> And this is because I could not observe myself. But what happened, I wrote a Urdu couplet uh, which described my life. And uh, my brother appreciated it so much that I was uh, made to believe that that was a great creation that I did. My elder brother, your father, was a real connoisseur of Urdu poetry. And that couplet states that my life has been so simple as if a straw flew with wind for a long distance and then dropped. Why don't you say it in, in Urdu as you wrote it? 
लोडू ओके जिंदगी की दास्ता भी इस कदर सादा रही एक दिन का दूर तक उड़ता रहा फिर गिर गया वेल वी होप दैट द स्ट्रॉ कीप्स फ्लाइंग दैट इट इज नो वे क्लोज टू फॉलोइंग एंड थैंक यू सो मच फॉर टेकिंग द टाइम thanks to you also this was a thrilling experience for me maybe it is a normal experience for you namaskar <laughs> namaskar khush ho thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast a platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.